You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Castrovens, and this is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox, our first look at the White Sox in 2017. And I am joined by Scott Merkin. And Merck, uh, first of all, uh, I think everybody's making New Year's resolutions this time of year. Do you have a New Year's resolution for 2017? Uh, my resolution is that Michigan will win a national title this year. I'm not sure if that's really my resolution. I, I, I think I think if it's mine, I would say complain less and appreciate more in 2017. How about that one? That one sounds reasonable. The Michigan thing is actually uh, impossible, Merck, because they're not going to win it in 2017. If anything, they'd win it in 2018. So, to, well, lay the work for the national okay, championship. Okay, lay the ground. There we go. Big uh, Ten had quite a bowl the season this year, didn't they? That's, that's true. That's true. All right, the Chicago White Sox are obviously in full rebuild mode. They have traded Chris Sale. They have traded Adam Eaton. We don't know what's coming next, but we know something else is probably going to happen uh, between now and opening day. Uh, what would you say the White Sox resolution is, Mark? I think the White Sox resolution is to continue the rebuild, continue building this team to contend for multiple championships, as Rick Hahn has said, you know, 20, 30 times at this point, and not to get skittish if, you know, those trades don't happen right away. I mean, I, I think we said this last time on the conference call that I'm sorry, not the conference call. We're not on the conference call, are we? On the uh, on the podcast <laughs> that the rebuild is really hour to hour, let alone day to day or week to week. You know, there are some times where you know, sure. okay, that's going to take a little while to come through. But you know, when you have high demands for Jose Quintana, as an example, it could be a team that says no, 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 and then all of a sudden they say yes, and there goes the deal. You know, the deal happens. Yeah. So it, it's really about just meeting that demand at this point. And the Sox have. No reason pretty much on, on, on any of the guys they're trading to kind of drop down from what they're asking for. Again, you know, we can't stress this enough. This is not a salary dump rebuild. This is not a, you know, empty the cupboard rebuild. It's, it's a calculated rebuild where they're trying to get as many good prospects back as possible. And you know this, Anthony, from covering baseball for a while. I mean, you know, if you get 15 prospects, 16 prospects overall, how many of those actually pan out to what you want? Maybe a third, something like that. I'm talking about really, you know, make a difference so that's a key thing you know if they want four prospects for jose quintana and two of them you know top five type guys on an organization then that's what you stand for and that's what you don't you don't move until you get that deal and if you don't get that deal jose quintana is your opening day pitcher a great kid would do well with younger players too not that he's so old himself Uh, he's a little older than chris sale but still you know under 30 and you keep looking and see what happens as you go forward yeah i think you're absolutely right and uh I think there's a real argument to be made for building a rotation around Jose Quintana, uh, just given how affordable he is. And and you look at the, you just look at the division. There's a lot of transition going on uh, with the twins and and certainly with the Tigers and Royals, as they try to pare down their payrolls, they're going to have a a lot of trouble uh, coming up in the next couple of years to contend. Uh, The twins are kind of a mystery as far as uh, which direction they go at this moment. The Indians are going to run into some payroll issues. Uh, you know, obviously they're, they're gung ho for 2017, but they're going to run into some, some financial issues beyond that. So I don't know, there, there might be a window for the White Sox to contend as soon as 2018. It's, it's not terribly unrealistic, uh, given that they just acquired the prospects they acquired, quote unquote, are, are at or near major league readiness. So, um, it'll be fascinating. Here's an interesting point that's been thrown around, thrown about me uh, during the kind of holiday break here. And, you know, are they... Now, granted, they're not, you know, what, upper echelon team right now when you trade the best pitcher in the American League and a, an outstanding, you know, leadoff guy and defensive outfielder like Adam Eaton. But 
if this makes any sense, are they too good as they stand here right now for a rebuild? You know, because let's just look across town and see how much those high draft picks help the Cubs in the rebuild. You know, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. So let's say the Sox, hypothetically, of course, finish 76 and 86. Is that too good for the rebuild process? (laughs) In, In the same sense as, they shouldn't rush to trade someone because, okay, this is the best deal we're going to get. Let's trade Quintana or let's trade Frazier or let's trade um, Jose Abreu. Winning 76, 77 games doesn't seem to really help the process, does it, if that makes any sense at all? No, you're right. And there are certain uh, draft classes more than others that are worth tanking for. Uh, right. You know, exactly, yeah. There's a Bryce Harper out there, but that's very few and far between. But, um, yeah, there was this conversation in the game a year ago for, for some strange reason, uh, just because there was a proliferation, proliferation of rebuilding clubs and is there too much tanking going on? Well, well tanking, quote-unquote, however you want to define it, has been going on in baseball, all sports, for decades. It's, if you want right. to put yourself in the, in the best position for the draft, you, you do that. If, you, if you're going to rebuild, it does make sense to totally gut things sometimes. But, um, but again, when, you're, when you have controllable talent, like a Quintana, it does complicate, complicate the conversation because you're right, right, Mark. It's right. not a must-sell situation. It's not a we have to move this money. It's just a, we have to get as good as we possibly can uh, for a couple of years down the road, and that might involve having Quintana on the roster. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, think they could there's, there's a difference between outright tanking and then calculated moves to enhance right. the rebuild. You know, and that's why you can't rush. You can't just say, well, you know, if the best offer on the table for Quintana, again, as an example, is two players and a couple minor league, you know, fillers, let's take it. No, you wait until you get what you want, whether that's in March, whether that's the trade deadline, whether that's next offseason, or whether that never comes about. You know, you, you wait until yeah. you get what, what what you need. Absolutely. And they have all the leverage right now because there's just nothing out sure. there in free agency. They, they and even the trade market. Eat, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so what else is up with the White Sox? Merck, you got a, a few key questions going into 2017 uh, on your latest post on the White Sox, uh, on WhiteSox.com. Uh, one of those is who will catch? We don't know who's going to be behind the dish in 2017. What are your thoughts on that spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up an, uh, an inbox right now, and it seems like every week during this offseason, one of the questions I get is who will catch. And right now their catchers are Omar Narvaez and Kevin Smith. And, of course, Kevin Smith had one of the more unique years I think you've seen in a long time. You know, he was a guy who was – in 2016, he was a guy who was kind of their catcher of the future for a while and then maybe dipped a little bit, still a hardworking kid, gets called up in April when the Sox are rolling, is stretching before his first major league start in Toronto, completely throws his back out, then you know is gone for a while, in his rehab process hurts his knee, and finally in September gets a call up and he got his first major league hit during that time, so kind of a nice story that he came back. But right now I'd say Omar Narvaez, as we sit here, is the starting catcher. I, you know, nothing against Omar who had a really kind of almost a revelation when he came up last year for the organization. I think they're going to look for someone who, you know, can maybe split time with him. I, I don't know if you necessarily need a go to sign a Matt Weeders as a free agent, you know, but I, I think you need maybe a little bit of a veteran presence to split time. Omar worked very well with Carlos Rodon last year. He worked very well with Jose Quintana. He worked well with everyone, but those two stood out. So if you can get someone who can split a little bit, then you, you have a, a good situation there. You know, they're, they're not, they haven't said the Sox, you know, they're not going to spend any money at all. I mean, look at the DH spot. There's a lot of power hitters out in the market still, as you well know, and there's going to be some who are probably going to drop, you know, into February where they're going to need a job. Maybe the Sox can go in and sweep in and, and pick up a guy there. Again, much like Derek Holland, who they signed for $6 million for one year, it, this could be a great boon and a guy you could have and maybe re-sign and bring back to go with the rebuild or someone you could flip at the trade deadline too. So I think that would – that could factor into the catching situation also. Um, and 
you mentioned uh, Rick Renteria on the list. Just will he be a difference maker in 2017? Obviously, he inherits a difficult situation. It's a team that's subtracting more than adding. Um, but it's not a situation, you know, he hasn't been in before, and <laughs> in Chicago, right. no less. So yes. uh, what are your thoughts on Rick Renteria as we head into the new year? You know, I, I think it was it was time for a change there, and I think Robin Ventura, you know, knew it. He was the one who kind of said, I'm not going to be back, you know, in 2017. And Rick is a good change. I've heard nothing but great things. I mean, you know, you heard great things about Robin, too, but I've heard nothing about, but great things about Rick and just his enthusiasm, his intensity. And I think his personality probably falls somewhere in between the last two White Sox managers, which is Robin Ventura and Ozzie Guillen. And I think he's good for the younger players. I think it's good that he had that year as the bench coach to know some of the guys who are coming back. You know, let's face it, they're not going to trade the entire roster away. So there's a lot of guys who are returning that Rick's already had experience with. So I think he's going to be a good fit. The Sox seem to be very excited with the hire and, you know, genuinely excited. This is not just like, oh, yeah, he's the guy for the job. You talk to people just off the record and just excited at kind of how he's taken this job, you know, and got off and running right from the get-go from really, you know, his first appearance out at Instructional League in the Arizona Fall League back in October through the team the organizational meetings, through everything else that they really like what they have in, at char- in charge right now. Uh, I alluded earlier to uh, the, the readiness or near readiness of, of some of the prospects acquired uh, in the sale and, and eaten trades. And, and by that, I'm referring to Yoan Moncada, Lucas Giolito, and Reynaldo Lopez. We've seen all those guys in the big leagues. Now, there's a difference between you know, arriving in the big leagues and truly being ready for the big leagues, and the White Sox will make that determination. But what's your best guess as far as how quickly we see those guys on the big league roster, those three specifically? A little tease on the upcoming uh, inbox, and one person asked me if I thought Moncada would be the opening day second baseman, and I, I do not think he'll be the open, opening second the opening day okay. second baseman. I, I think the case for Moncada is when he comes up to the majors, which I think could be June, July, something like that, you know, he's going to be there to stay. I mean, barring something unexpected. You know, I think when they mm-hmm. brought Aaron Rowand up, he was there to stay, and he struggled and got sent back down came back up, and then he was there to stay and had a fabulous career where he won two World Series rings and – you know, became, became kind of iconic in Philadelphia during his time there. But I think that's kind of the goal for these guys, that when you bring them up to the majors, make sure they're ready. You know, some guys may be a little further ahead. You know, a guy like Lopez in the uh, Eaton deal, I've had a couple of scouts tell me that he could be a good guy this year out of the bullpen, even if, he, you know, he they do see his future as a starter. And, you know, Giolito and Kopech, uh, Giolito had some experience in the major league level too. So uh, the, one thing that's for certain is there is no rush to get these guys in the majors to validate a trade for Chris Sale or Adam Eaton. You know, when they're ready, they'll be there and not before. And I think guys, position players like Moncada, it really is important that, you know, when they come up, that's their destiny. That's what they're going to be at. I think, I think Fulmer, you know, they, they kind of knew, as an example, they probably rushed him a little bit last year, but they knew what was going to happen. They kind of had an idea that there might be some struggles. You're, you're taking him up to the majors you're taking him out of his normal starting routine and making him a reliever. But they liked the fact that he'd be able to work with Don Cooper, you know, the White Sox pitching coach on a daily basis and, and the information gained out of that. And when he went back to Charlotte, he had a good finish after a few more struggles to the season. So he should be ready to go for 2017 with some, some good knowledge gained. So again, I think there's no rush, but they certainly, you know, when these guys are ready, the Sox have proven in the past, see Chris Sale who pitched in the majors two months after he was drafted for God's sake that, you know, they, they are not afraid to promote these guys. All right, there you have it. The latest from the new and improved Scott Merkin, who is going to uh, follow through on his resolution. Not as sure about Michigan following through on, on his resolution, but I know Merck uh, has it in him. So 
Uh, I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.